Good morning. Let's begin our service by singing hymn number 119. Holy Spirit, source of gladness, come with all thy radiance bright. Lift all burdens and all sadness, o'er thy children shed thy light. Hymn number 119. Scriptural will be given by Wendy from Georgia. Ephesians. The fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Galatians. He that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, For in due season we shall reap, if we faint not. As we have, therefore, opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness 
by faith. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. We will now have a moment of silent prayer and follow with the Lord's Prayer and its spiritual interpretation as given in the Christian Science textbook. Our Father, which art in heaven, our Father, Mother, God, all harmonious, hallowed be thy name, adorable one, thy kingdom come, thy kingdom is come, thou art ever present. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Enable us to know, as in heaven, so on earth, God is omnipotent, supreme. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us grace for today. Feed the famished affections. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And love is reflected in love. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. And God leadeth us not into temptation, but delivereth us from sin, disease, and death. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for
For God is infinite, all power, all life, truth, love, over all and all. Let's now sing hymn number 154. In thee, O Spirit, true and tender, I find my life as God's own child. Within thy light of glorious splendor, I lose the earth clouds drear and wild. Hymn number 154. Welcome to the Sunday morning service of the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. We begin each Sunday morning here at 10 a.m. with our roundtable discussion where we talk about the lesson this week and how to live better Christian science in our daily lives. And we had another really good one this morning. So if you missed it, or if you'd like to hear it again, please find it on our website, plainfieldcs.com. And it will also be available on our YouTube channel and our Vimeo channel. 
We have a Sunday school for children that meets at 11 a.m. every Sunday morning. And that Sunday school has its own dedicated teleconference number. And many of our Sunday school students attend via telephone who don't live in the area. So if you have a child of Sunday school age and don't live in the area, please call us. We'll give you the number and we would be very happy to welcome your child to our Sunday school. We have a testimony meeting every Wednesday evening at 8.15 where you can hear testimonies of healings and lives made much, much better as a result of practicing Christian science. And at each of our services and meetings, we have a nursery for infants and toddlers, so you can bring the whole family if you'd like. We have several websites, many in languages other than English, where the word of truth of Christian science reaches many, many people around the world in their own language. And we offer everything that we offer free of charge. Freely we have been given, and freely we give. There's an article that's featured on our English website that I'd like to point out, uh, entitled, Casting Aside the Garment of Heaviness, by Peter V. Ross. If you're feeling down about anything, you need to read this article. It's really good. Peter V. Ross, Casting Aside the Garment of Heaviness. Everyone is welcome here. And that includes all of you who are listening and participating from around the world. And now we will have the reading of a testimony of healing from Science and Health, which attests to the healing power obtained by studying the Christian Science textbook. And that reading will be given this morning by Shahidat from Maryland. On page 612, a remarkable case. Nine years ago, my only child was hovering between life and death. Some of the best physicians in Boston had pronounced his case incurable, saying that if he lived, he would always be an invalid and a cripple. One of the diseases was gastric cholera. He was allowed to eat but very few things, and even after taking every precaution, he suffered to the extent that he would lie in spasms for half a day. He also had rickets, physicians saying that there was not a natural bone in his body. It was while he was in what seemed to be his greatest agony, and when I was in the darkest despair, that I first heard of Christian science. The bearer of the joyful tidings could only tell me to come and hear of the wonderful things that Christian science was doing. I accepted the invitation for I was willing to try anything to save my child. And the following Friday evening, I attended my first meeting, which was in the Mother Church of Christ Scientist. Long before the service began, 
every seat was filled, which was amazing to me, being an ordinary weekly meeting. And that night, I realized from the, from the testimonies given that Christian science was the religion for which I had been searching for years. The next day, I went to find a practitioner, but was unable to get the one who had been recommended, he being too busy. On my way home, I thought of some of the testimonies which I had heard the night before of people being healed simply by reading Science and Health. I resolved at once to borrow a copy and not dreaming of the sacrifice that my friend would make by conferring such a favor, I went and asked her for a loan of Science and Health. I never saw anyone part so reluctantly with the book as my friend did with her copy of the textbook. I read it silently and audibly, day and night and in my home, and although I could not seem to understand it, yet the healing commenced to take place at once. The little mouth which had been twisted by spasms grew natural, and the child was soon able to be up, playing and romping about the house, as any child should. About this time, we decided to move to the far west. I was young in science at the time, and my husband greatly feared that the journey would cause a relapse for the child. But instead, he continued to improve. I constantly read the Bible, Science and Health, and miscellaneous writings, the two weeks we traveled. And we were the only ones in our car who throughout the journey did not get train sick. The child's limbs grew perfectly straight he ate anything he wanted, and for years, he has been a natural, healthy child in every way. He has passed through some of the worst forms of contagion, untouched and unharmed. I have been reading Science and Health several months before I gave any thought to myself and my numerous complaints. I had never been strong, and some of my ailments were supposed to be hereditary and chronic. Hence, I dragged through many tedious years of a belief in medical laws and hereditary laws resting upon me. Just before I commenced reading Science and Health, I spent half a day in having my eyes examined by one of the leading oculists in Boston. His verdict was that my eyes were in a dreadful condition and that I would, not, I would always need to wear glasses. In the meantime, I commenced to read Science and Health. And when I thought of my eyes, I felt no need for glasses. The years that I have been in science, I've, been, I've used my eyes incessantly, night as well as day, doing all kinds of trying work and without requiring the aid of glasses. I was healed of all my complaints while seeking the truth from my child, and many of them have never returned. Those that appeared simply came to the service to be destroyed. Teeth have been restored and facial blemishes removed unconsciously simply by reading science and health. All of this, however, is nothing compared to the is nothing compared with the spiritual uplifting which I have received. And I have everything to be thankful for from MTW Los Angeles, California. The lesson sermon for this morning can be found on page 12 of the Independent Christian Science Quarterly. Subject, Spirit. The golden text is from Acts. 
I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. The responsive reading, Revelation. Behold, a door was opened in heaven. And immediately I was in the Spirit. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. I will read from the Bible. John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, 
he cannot see the kingdom of God. I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. And when even was come, his disciples went down to the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was now dark, and Jesus was not come to them. And the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. But he saith unto them, It is I, be not afraid. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus, of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, 
I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I know that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him, and let him go. Romans. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Revelation. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. 
For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Luke For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Elizabeth from Georgia will now read. I will read correlative passages from Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures by Mary Baker Eddy. Spirit is God, and man is his likeness. The admission to oneself that man is God's own likeness sets man free to master the infinite idea. This conviction shuts the door on death and opens it wide towards immortality. The understanding and recognition of spirit must finally come, and we may as well improve our time in solving the mysteries of being through an apprehension of divine principle. At present, we know not what man is, but we certainly shall know this when man reflects God. The Revelator tells us of a new heaven and a new earth. Have you ever pictured this heaven and earth inhabited by beings under the control of supreme wisdom? Let us rid ourselves of the belief that man is separated from God and obey only the divine principle, life and love. Here is the great point of departure for all true spiritual growth. In proportion as matter loses to human sense, all entity as man in that proportion does man become its master. He enters into a diviner sense of the facts and comprehends the theology of Jesus as demonstrated in healing the sick, raising the dead, and walking over the wave. All these deeds manifested Jesus' control over the belief that matter is substance, that it can be the arbiter of life or the constructor of any form of existence. We never read that Luke or Paul made a reality of disease in order to discover some means of healing it. Jesus never asked if disease were acute or chronic, and he never recommended attention to laws of health, never gave drugs, never prayed to know if God were willing that a man should live. He understood man, whose life is God, to be immortal, and knew that man has not two lives, one to be destroyed and the other to be made indestructible. 
Jesus restored Lazarus by the understanding that Lazarus had never died, not by an admission that his body had died and then lived again. The epoch approaches when the understanding of the truth of being will be the basis of true religion. At present, mortals progress slowly for fear of being thought ridiculous. They are slaves to fashion, pride, and sense. Sometime we shall learn how Spirit, the great architect, has created men and women in science. We are Christian scientists only as we quit our reliance upon that which is false and grasp the true. We are not Christian scientists until we leave all for Christ. Human opinions are not spiritual. They come from the hearing of the ear, from corporeality instead of from principle, and from the mortal instead of from the immortal. Spirit is not separate from God. Spirit is God. In science, you can have no power opposed to God, and the physical senses must give up their false testimony. I was called to visit Mr. Clark in Lynn, who had been confined to his bed six months with hip disease caused by a fall upon a wooden spike when quite a boy. On entering the house, I met his physician, who said that the patient was dying. The physician had just probed the ulcer on the hip and said the bone was curious for several inches. He even showed me the probe, which had on it the evidence of this condition of the bone. The doctor went out. Mr. Clark lay with his eyes fixed and sightless. The dew of death was on his brow. I went to his bedside. In a few moments, his face changed. Its death pallor gave place to a natural hue. The eyelids closed gently, and the breathing became natural. He was asleep. In about ten minutes, he opened his eyes and said, I feel like a new man. My suffering is all gone. Reviewing this brief experience, I cannot fail to discern the coincidence of the spiritual idea of man with the divine mind. John saw the human and divine coincidence, shown in the man Jesus, as divinity embracing humanity in life and its demonstration, reducing to human perception and understanding the life which is God. In divine revelation, material and corporeal selfhood disappear, and the spiritual idea is understood. Accompanying this scientific consciousness was another revelation, even the declaration from heaven, supreme harmony, that God 
the divine principle of harmony is ever with men, and they are his people. Thus man was no longer regarded as a miserable sinner, but as the blessed child of God. Why? Because St. John's corporeal sense of the heavens and earth had vanished, and in place of this false sense was the spiritual sense, the subjective state by which he could see the new heaven and new earth, which involved the spiritual idea and consciousness of reality. This is scriptural authority for concluding that such a recognition of being is and has been possible to men in this present state of existence. That we can become conscious here and now of a cessation of death, sorrow, and pain. This is indeed a foretaste of absolute Christian science. Take heart, dear sufferer, for this reality of being will surely appear sometime and in some way. There will be no more pain, and all tears will be wiped away. When you read this, remember Jesus' words, The kingdom of God is within you. This spiritual consciousness is therefore a present possibility. Let us learn of the real and eternal and prepare for the reign of spirit, the kingdom of heaven, the reign and rule of universal harmony, which cannot be lost nor remained forever unseen. Let us now have a moment of silent prayer for our world. Let's now sing hymn number 209. 
The words of this hymn are by Mary Baker Eddy. O gentle presence, peace and joy and power, O life divine that owns each waiting hour, Thou love that guards the nestling's faltering flight, Keep thou, my child, on upward wing tonight. Hymn number 209.
Let's now sing hymn number 118. Holy Spirit, light divine, shine upon this heart of mine. Kindle every high desire, cleanse my thought in thy pure fire. Hymn number 118. from the Christian Science textbook, The Scientific Statement of Being, and the correlative passages from 1 John, third chapter. There is no life, truth, intelligence, nor substance in matter. All is infinite mind and its infinite manifestation. For God is all in all. Spirit is immortal truth. Matter is mortal era. Spirit is the real and eternal. Matter is the unreal and temporal. Spirit is God, and man is his image and likeness. Therefore, man is not material. He is spiritual. Behold. What manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, 
because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen.